Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk and daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. So I want to talk to you about revival, and there's many definitions of revival, but I want to simplify it uh, with you uh, this evening. Definition of revival is to give new life to. Holy Spirit wants to give you new life. I had the privilege of being a pastor for 30 years, and uh, I found that I wasn't where I was supposed to be. How many understand that just because we're pastors, we still need God? Just because we're pastors, we still need a devotional life. Just because we're pastors, we still carry stuff. I won't go into it. I, I, I got into it in detail this afternoon. But, uh, but 17 years ago, I had an encounter with God, and God led me into months of repentance. And I'm happy to say I'm still on the journey, but I've found a place of intimacy with God. And guess what? You can be old and still be excited about God. You can be old and still have a relationship with Jesus that allows the fire of Holy Spirit to burn within your life. And so revival is about giving new life. It's about passing on new life. And I just believe tonight that Holy Spirit wants to give you new life. And the Bible says, and Paul's very clear, he says, keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit. You say, how do I know that I'm going to keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit? It's when we find ourselves so filled with God that we actually ooze the fruit of Holy Spirit. And it exemplifies in love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, long-suffering, Self-control, you'll hear that all weekend long because I believe that that's what the church is to be. I believe that if we are filled with Holy Spirit and we carry the fruit of Holy Spirit, we will become an attraction to the world. I see some Christians, I stay away from them because I do not want to catch what they have. There are some people that call themselves Christians and I do not want to associate with them because I think I'm going to become contaminated. But I want to be with... This is one small platform. I want to be with people who are in love with Jesus. And as we've been preparing for this weekend, I just get that sense that you as a congregation are hungry and you as a congregation are thirsty for more of God. And I'm just delighted to be a small part of this and I am believing God that he will visit us, that he will make himself real to us. Thank you for entering into worship. Thank you for responding. And as we do that, Holy Spirit will lead us. And so the revival is about giving new life. And we've all heard so many messages on Acts chapter 2. But here we are given a true snapshot of of revival as God chooses to move, move among us. The question is, what should we look for? What can we expect? So let's look first of all at the principle of revival. 
And sometimes when we, we keep praying for revival and we look to God, sometimes we go through a dry season where there's question marks. But I want you to know that the first principle of revival is revival is definite. The Bible says you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I want you to know as we sang, there was something on that song that we sang about the faithfulness of God. God said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. God said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. What God did yesterday, he can do today. What he did 100 years ago at Azusa Street, I'm here to tell you the principle of revival is that he can do it again if we are hungry enough and if we are thirsty enough. The principle of revival, it is definite. God desires and he will bring revival. Do you have tea for all of us, Pastor, or just for, you, just for yourself? Okay, just so I, I, just, I just didn't know if I could expect. All right, no less. We're going to pray for you and we're believing God. When you go on the mission trip Tuesday, right? That you are well, Jesus' name. Amen. It is the heart of God to give his children times of refreshing. And so we're going to open these altars tonight. And I don't want us questioning, well, am I worthy enough? I, I don't want us questioning, well, can, can he do it again? The principle of, one of the principles of revival is he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He desires to visit us as we seek him. And so when we were born again, we understand that we were born from above and new life was given to us. Therefore, we need those times of refreshing once again. We need those times of when God uh, continues to pour out of his spirit. We need to remove the doubts, the questions, and replace it with this fact. You shall receive power. John chapter 4. Turn over there with me. John chapter 4. This is what it says, beginning at verse 10. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And so what the Bible says here is that the Holy Spirit, when he comes within us, will become. That word uh, become means that there's something, something going on within your spirit even right now. There is a becoming that's going on right now. It says, and it will be come within you springs of living water. This isn't a trickle. This isn't something you turn on in the tap. Out of our belly, watch, shall flow rivers of living water. And I want you to know that we are often like this woman at the well. Where's your bucket? God doesn't need a bucket. God doesn't need the natural things. 
We tend to allow ourselves to be hindered with the natural things and the natural appearances and all of our fears and all of our failures. And what we simply need to do is come before him and say, God, I want to be one of those Christians that understand the moving and ministry of Holy Spirit. I want out of my belly to flow rivers of living water. This, if ever there needed to be a torrent of the Holy Ghost, it's today. There's the odd trickle here and there, but today, God wants to come. I believe that this church is poised and positioned. There are hungry hearts here that want more of God, and I believe this can be the year of breakthrough for this house as we begin uh, this, this times of prayer and this times of seeking Holy Spirit. The principle is God still wants to visit us It is definite. Out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. And secondly, our source is God. Number one, the principle is it's definite. Number two, our source is God. When the Holy Spirit comes, it says in Acts 1 and 8, this isn't a question of if. Come on, are are you with me tonight? It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. It's not a question, well, I hope so, or I think so, or I may. I am tired of living in a society of K, Sarah, Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. It's, you won't find that in Genesis, and you won't find it in Hebrews. I'm telling you, God has a plan for your life, and it includes the ministry and outpouring and power of the Holy Ghost. And it will come, and it will minister to you, and it will meet your need, and it will fill the longing of your heart. When the Holy Spirit comes, it's something that's very definite, and it's something that we don't produce. I love John 15 that says, I don't have to produce fruit. I simply need to learn how to abide. And so when I abide, he comes. And so it's something that is definite tonight. It's something that is is, has its source in God. And so this woman, looking at Jesus sitting at the wall, where's your bucket? And so many times we find ourselves saying the same thing. And what Jesus was saying to her, when you taste of this water, it will satisfy. It will minister. It will carry you through It will see you through. When Holy Spirit comes, when we are tired of man's ways, man's thinking, man's directives, man's concepts. And so, are you ready to be abandoned to God? Are you ready to submit to him? Are you ready to say, Holy Spirit, I come tonight and I give myself to you. We've talked, we've been talking today as as leaders about just some of the, 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 the... the state, if you will, of our churches in our fellowship. And I'm just reminded tonight that when I get tired of my way and my thinking, my directives, my concepts, and just give way to Holy Spirit, he comes in a refreshing way. And it says that the Holy Spirit filled the upper room. I'm here to tell you tonight there isn't a vessel that God cannot fill. 
There is not a room. There's a, there's a beautiful new chorus. I think it's out of Bethel uh, music where when he came into the room. <clears throat> I sense some of you in your worship tonight allowed Holy Spirit to come into the room. He wants to come into your life tonight. He wants you to experience the filling. And so in my journey of the last 17 years, I realized that I had given him part of my life. And now I understand he wants it all. There's an abandonment that we come. And so it says that the Holy Spirit filled the room. And so no matter what we have been through, no matter how difficult or challenging the day, or no matter how difficult or challenging the life, God wants to come tonight, and he wants to fill our lives. Holy Spirit, the principle of revival is it's definite. Our source is God. And I love this third point, our responsibility is ours. And so when we look at this, we go back over to the book of James, <coughs> excuse me, in chapter 4. And like I say, we're going to go back and forth in verse 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. And so what's been happening in our church, sorry, that's just kind of small. Uh, <laughs> what's been happening in our church this week, people, People have been drawing nigh to God. Well, what we began to sense in the atmosphere as we worship tonight, it was a direct response of Holy Spirit because it's a principle of revival. When we draw nigh to God, he draws nigh to us. And so for the last 17 years, I've been attempting to take steps before God. Now watch this. You know that as you take steps before God and you get from the outer court to the inner court and then you start to go into the holy of holies, God begins to put his finger on things Things in our life, he begins to, to, to challenge us with the dross because what he wants is he wants the silver that he can fashion. We, we find ourselves, when we talk about Holy Spirit, we've got to realize he is the potter and I am the clay. And sometimes he takes the clay. Some of you are going to relate to this. He takes the clay and he mushes it all up and he starts over and he refashions. Why? Because we trust him and we give our life to him. He's not finished with you yet. And so when you find yourself saying, I'm ready to draw nigh to him, lumps and all, he comes and he fashions. He eliminates the dross. He comes and speaks to our heart and he, become, he begins to refashion us so we are more like him. And so when we come near to him, he comes near to us. And so these people knew that they were going to receive power. And revival had, had its source. It had its source in God. But they also knew that it would only happen as they did their part. Now there's a part for us to play. And certainly there's a part for him to play. But what I've sensed is this week as a church... You've been spending time with him. People have been fasting and praying. You've been spending time in the presence of the Lord. And so as we come tonight, we can come with confidence. Knowing we've done our part. We're going to come to him. 
We're going to make ourselves available. And as we make ourselves available, the principle of revival takes over and God comes and visits us. And so we give our life to him unhindered. And so that's the principle of revival. Secondly, the pattern for revival. So when we look at this, so the pattern for revival, Acts chapter 2, back to Acts. Chapter 2 and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And so, the pattern for revival is unity is essential. When we look at... So the pattern for revival, as I look at Scripture in verse 1, is that unity is essential. And so in Leviticus, it says, five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase 10,000, and your enemies will fall by the sword before you. Ecclesiastes, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. What is this, what is this pattern? What is it? But what the pattern is, is that I cannot have an issue with, what's your name? Sam. Sam. I can't have an issue with Sam. And expect the blessing of God. I can't have unforgiveness in my heart. You see, Holy Spirit is a spirit and I must be in alignment with the word and I must be in alignment with God. And so if, if we expect God to visit us, we have to be in unity. And they were all with one accord. And so when we are in accord with one another and we are spirit to spirit and we find ourselves in right relationship with our spouse, in right relationship with our friend, you can't make people like you, but what you can is make sure there's nothing between yourself and your Savior. There's an old chorus we used to sing, nothing between. Folks, the pattern for revival is that I'm in right standing with God. There is nothing in my heart that will keep me from relationship with one another. And so, unity is essential. And so there's three things under the pattern for revival that we need to follow if we want God to move back to James chapter 4 and verse 7. So first of all, it says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. <laughs> so the first thing in this pattern is that I must be open. So if I come to him, and I am open. I can expect great things. Now here's the thing about Holy Spirit. Just hit the arrow. Okay. Thank you. I'm going too fast for those taking notes, aren't I? My apologies. So here we are, three things that I need to be as God begins to move. One of the things about revival and one of the things about Holy Spirit, and we talked about it uh, this, af this afternoon, is that I am not sure what God's going to do in my life. How many tonight believe we can trust God? And so 
I believe in the leadership of this house. So as we are open to Holy Spirit, we're not sure what he's going to do or what he's going to say. But I want you to know that we are going to pastor revival. We're going to make sure that it's balanced. We're going to make sure it's on course. But just because we don't understand God at times does not justify us being closed. And so if I'm going to have revival, I'm going to be open. I'm going to be open to what he wants to say. I'm going to be open to what he wants to do in my life. I want to be open to where he wants to take me. And so on this journey of intimacy with God and on this journey of revival with God, I'm saying, God... I must be open. And so, in verse 7 of James chapter 4, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. God has made it so that when we are in the spirit, we can find ourselves defeating the enemy. The enemy cannot traffic in our, in our spirit. He can traffic in our soul and he can traffic in our body. But when I'm in alignment with God, we see all we have to do, sometimes we give the enemy, watch, we give the enemy way too much attention. We just need to understand if I submit to God and resist the devil, he flees. And why is that? Because Jesus Christ holds the key to death and hell and the grave. If you're going through something tonight, take hold of the hand of the Father. Understand, if you will just be open to Holy Spirit, that we displace the enemy and he has to flee. So it comes down to however, whatever, and whenever. Say that with me. All right, ready? However, whatever, and whenever. Oh, that kind of sounds exciting. That kind of sounds like that's something fresh. That sounds like there's an expectation in the house. God, I'm open to what you want to do. Number two, I must be humble. Look at James 4 and verse 6. But God gives us more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Could I just say this to you under this point? Promotion comes from the Lord. One of my favorite scriptures, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. You can be involved in plan A or plan B. Plan A is being in the will of God and being humble before him and saying, God, I'm here for however, whatever, whenever. I am open to being a son. I'm open to being a daughter. I'm open to letting you come and have your will and have your way in my life. God begins to move. God will touch your relationships. He will touch your finances. And he will solidify your future because you put your hand in the hand of the Father. And you're saying, Holy Spirit, I am open. I am abandoned to you. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. God wants us to be single-minded. Nowhere in Scripture will you find God move where there is pride. Because God resists the proud. I must be open. I must be humble. 
And thirdly, I must be willing. Unity involves openness, humility, and willingness. Look what verse 7 says. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. <coughs> Cleanse your, uh, your hands, uh, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. What this is saying is simply be serious before God. Understand, this is sometimes what we don't understand, folks, that we serve a holy God. And so when we come into his presence, as we make this progressive journey from the outer court to the inner court to the holy of holies, as you get closer into the presence of God, you're going to find yourself. Uh, some people say, when I get to heaven, I've got some questions for God. Uh, there are some things that I need to ask him. I've got to try to figure out why this happened and what. I believe when we get before the presence of God, we will fall flat on our face because of the holiness of God. We will worship him because of the awe of God. We will hardly be able to be in his presence because of the light and of the glory of God. And so the Bible said, I believe if we're going to have revival, we've got to become serious. We've got to understand, oh God, I am here and I am so unworthy and I need you to touch my life. And so unity involves openness Humility and willingness. So we have the principle of revival. We have the pattern for revival. Thirdly, the passion of revival. I am reminded of the question, how bad do I want this? How bad do I want revival? How bad do I want the moving of Holy Spirit? Here we have a Holy Spirit weekend, and there are so few churches that will emphasize this, and I'm just excited to be a part of this. And, and what I come and say to you, if we want revival, we have to want revival. If we desire God to visit us, we must be passionate. It must become a priority. And I have learned in my journey that it must be something that I am a part of every day of my life. This is not just that God doesn't want it just to be a Holy Spirit weekend uh, alone. He wants it to be part of our DNA. He wants it to be a part of our everyday life as Christians that we find ourselves pursuing a holy God. And you know what's the amazing thing? The Father stands ready to bless his sons. The Father stands ready to bless his daughters. When you are abandoned to God. God is no man's debtor. And everything that I found that I pursued as a servant when I shifted to sonship and gave everything to the Father. Wow. Wow. The blessings. The fulfillment. I'm supposed to be old and in Florida and here we are. But we have never, uh, as Carol and I have been on this journey, we've never been so fulfilled. And God wants to bring fulfillment to your life. He wants you to be in such a place with him that your wife says, he's actually fun to be with. 
Wow. Whatever the deficit is, whatever you feel you're missing, I want you to know today my testimony is it's found in pursuing God. It's found in being passionate for him. And so can I suggest tonight that we never quit praying, we never quit believing, we never quit changing, we never quit growing, and we never quit pressing in. As significant as a weekend is, can I suggest that this is something that can become daily? Can I be bold enough to suggest this can become a lifestyle? Look with me over to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7 and verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. And this was mentioned in worship. I didn't think I'd get to preach tonight because the the worship team just kept taking all of my points. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread and gives him a stone, or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good uh, things to those who ask it? Sometimes we come with doubt, and sometimes we come with fear. And tonight I'm just going to ask you to set that aside. I'm just going to ask you, to think of Father God as a, a God who's ready to bless you with gifts. Whatever you ask for him, he desires to give you the desires of your heart. Huh. I have to read one more scripture. Luke chapter 18. One of my favorite portions of scripture. Beginning at verse 1, Luke 18. And verse 1. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray. (coughs) Excuse me, and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. There was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary." For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, listen, church, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I want to say to you today, some of you have been praying for a long time. 
Some of you have been consistent in prayer and you haven't quite seen the answer yet. I want to encourage you tonight and I want to speak over you. You continue to pray and you continue to believe and you continue to knock because the door is going to open. Whatever, if you're praying for a financial breakthrough, if you're praying for unsaved loved ones, if you're praying for a spouse, if you're praying for a son, I want you to know God is going to answer prayer. And tonight as you come before him and you just wait in his presence, let Holy Spirit visit you because he is desirous to touch your life. He is desirous as we come and we knock and we say, God, this is what I need tonight. This is what I desire. He said, I will come. I will answer prayer. I will meet your need. And so finally, Melissa, if you'll come, the position of revival. The principle, the pattern, the passion, and finally the position. Acts chapter 2, back and forth, back and forth. All right, Acts chapter 2. The day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound. There came a sound, like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. Sometimes we're fearful of Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're fearful of where God wants to take us. But I love that they were tongues of fire because it's not coincidence that there were tongues of fire in the upper room because fire burns the dross. I'm going to invite you in a moment to come and I'm going to ask you that you bring a shift I'm going to ask you not to be fearful of what God wants to burn up in your life. I'm going to ask you not to be fearful of what he wants you to give up or give over. What I'm going to ask you to do, watch now, I'm going to ask you to become excited about what the fire wants to burn up. I want you to be excited about where the potter wants to place his hands and fashion you. I want you to become excited about the, the mystery. I believe that's one of the words that Holy Spirit wants to speak to this house this weekend, is to get excited about the mystery. There are some Christians have no mystery in their life. There's no anticipation of what God wants to do. And it spills over into the marriage. Oh, there's no mystery with my husband. Oh, I hope we make it through another day. Well, I'm here to tell you that God wants to allow the love of God to be so rich and so full. Next year, my wife and I celebrate 50 years in marriage. Amen. 
but I'm here, thank you. I'm here to tell you, the fire still burns. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'll tell you why. One of the reasons is God is love. And when you pursue God, he fills you with a love that brings a mystery into your life. That every day when you get up, there's something new that God wants. I'm here to tell you tonight, listen, this house needs to embrace the mystery of where God wants to take you in this coming year. Don't be fearful. Be excited. But it begins by inviting the fire of Holy Spirit. This is a very basic, simple message on revival. But sometimes we just need to be reminded of the fundamentals of what it is to bring revival. And so we finish course back over to James chapter 4 and this is what it says. And so beginning at verse 8 draw near to God he will draw near to you cleanse your hands you sinners purify your hearts you double mind be wretched and mourn and weep let your laughter be turned to mourning your joy to gloom humble yourself before the Lord and he will exalt you. And so what I've learned I need to stop trying to do it in my strength Give myself over to him, and then he comes. So I'm serious now in my relationship with God. And he begins to come. And he, need, he begins to change. As I say, this is one of the most fulfilling seasons of our lives in ministry and in relationship. And I want that for you tonight. Let me leave you with this takeaway before Melissa runs out of songs to play. You doing okay? When I grasp the principle of revival and pursue the biblical pattern with passion, I will be properly positioned for both visitation and habitation of Holy Spirit. I don't want just a visitation of Holy Spirit tonight. I also want a habitation. I want us to go from this place carrying the power of Holy Spirit. And so as we begin this conference, as we begin this weekend, what I really felt impressed in my heart to do is to begin for us just to come and just be willing to wait in his presence. See, I'm passionate for you, Holy Spirit, and I'm willing to let you put your finger on anything in my life so that I can be a carrier of Holy Spirit. Will you bow your heads with me? Before we go to this altar call, I want to take a moment to ask the question tonight. 
If you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Christ or you have made a decision to follow him and you found yourself going backwards instead of forwards, I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you're here tonight, you've never given your heart to Christ. I want to give you that opportunity tonight. I don't want to assume anything. This is a Holy Spirit conference. But in a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you tonight. We want to take time to understand. First and foremost, it begins by giving our life to God. Because the gospel isn't just about surrendering to him. It's about a change of management where now the king rules and I step off of my throne and I let him on the throne. You're here tonight and you've never made that decision or you're not where you need to be. You just sense through the worship or through the preaching, God's been speaking to you. Can I see your hand? You'd raise it. Say, Pastor, pray for me tonight. I want to give you that opportunity. I don't want anyone to leave here not knowing their Lord and Savior. Anyone at all, I want to pray for you tonight. God bless you, Lord. Thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you that you love us and you seek us out. May not anyone leave here tonight not knowing you. In Jesus' name, will you stand with us? Melissa, can we go back and sing that chorus that you led us in, Holy Spirit? You are welcome. What a beautiful chorus. This is what I'm going to invite you to do. I tried not to be too long. I don't even want to look at my watch. I don't know how well I did. Anyway, I just believe at the beginning of this conference, God would just love us to take some time and just say, Holy Spirit, I'm come. And I'm going to wait in your presence. So as Melissa leads us, I want you to break out and just fill this altar and fill, fill places. In a few moments, I'm going to invite the, the prayer team to begin to just pray with you. But before they do that, I want you to have time just to open your heart to the Lord. You may want to just stay in where you are right now. That's fine. But as many as can. Let's just break off. Establish an altar with the Lord. And we're going to begin to pray with you. Whatever is your hunger, whatever is your desire. And again, it's, it's about that new life. That's where revival is. That new life that comes. So sing it with us just reverently and before the Lord. And let's come into the Holy of Holies tonight and say, God, here I am. I am open to you. Just break out of your chair and come. Just find a place and just totally surrender to him and say, God, here I am. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. Just get lost with him and just wait in his presence. That's what I believe God would want us to do tonight. Thank you, God. We're going to invite the worship team to lead us now. I believe there's a time where we just express joy to the Lord. So we're going to celebrate in the house tonight. We're going to celebrate because the joy of the Lord is our strength.
So let's worship the Lord, and then the pastor is going to come and close in prayer. Let's worship the Lord together. And let's give him praise in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for the word of God that was just planted in our hearts. Father, we thank you for the ability to take time and just to wait on you. Father, there's many times in our lives where we need to, probably daily, we need to just hold on to the promise that those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength and they'll rise up like wings of eagles. So Holy Spirit, as we have waited in your presence, and I know that you've spoken to people in this room, you've talked to people in this room, you've, you've touched hearts and lives. That Holy Spirit, we ask you to continue to minister throughout the night. That Father, some people in this room that maybe have been seeking the baptismal Holy Spirit, that you'll wake them up in the middle of the night and they're just speaking in a heavenly language. Calling out to you. Feeling so refreshed and so strengthened. Because, Father, in your presence, there's freedom. And in your presence, there's peace. There's joy. Let us never be afraid of the mystery with you. Father, for me, that's what I call the fun of being with you. So, Lord, let us stir up that passion in us to search after the fun with you, Holy Spirit that you will fill us and there's mysteries and every day is exciting because we just don't know what you're going to do. And so Holy Spirit, we give you the rest of this weekend. We thank you for sending Pastor Robert to us this weekend. We thank you for what you've done in his life and Lord, his openness to share after 30 years of ministry, he went, there's more. And so Lord, for everyone in this room and our journey with God, open our eyes to know that there's more and help us to dive into it and seek your face until we find it and once we find it be knowing enough Holy Spirit that you're so vast you're so big that even when we find that moment we find out there's more and there's more and there's more so we be filled every day so be with us tonight keep us safe as we travel home and Get us back here safely in the morning and just have your way. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we just thank Pastor Robert tonight? So God bless you. We will see you in the morning. Have a great night. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 